are you in resistance? Is there something that you want to do that you're drawn to doing that has been presented to you as the next step? But are you afraid of failing, making a mistake, being criticized? The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started here. We are in chapter 15 of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, looking at how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. And we are in the section on the fear of criticism and Hill is elaborating on the symptoms of the fear of criticism. So these are the things that indicate they are the symptoms, not the cause. The cause is the fear of criticism, but the symptoms are these. And he puts them in different categories. This next category that we're going to go over is personality. And he says, lacking in firmness of decision, personal charm, and ability to express opinions definitely. The habit of sidestepping issues instead of meeting them squarely. Agreeing with others without careful examination of their opinions. Okay, so this is a lot here. And generally speaking, all of these come down to not being able to think for yourself, not being able to really claim what you know is correct, is right, being outside driven, meaning driven by the people outside of you, what they think, what they say, what values they hold, what beliefs they hold, what opinions they hold, versus what you know to be true yourself. Now, this is very confusing. I would say that for much of my life, as perhaps successful as I was or confident as I was, I was still looking outside of myself to to determine, to understand what action to take for myself. I was outside driven versus internally driven. And that was a big uh, blind spot for me. Although I could feel that I was doing that, I didn't know how to change it. And when I figured out how to change it, and this is what I help my clients with, then I could own myself. Then I could own my life. Then I could truly make decisions, claim what I wanted, go forward in the world, knowing that I was being driven by what I knew to be correct. So think about what Hill is saying here and think about whether your fear of criticism is coming out in some personality traits that are not so conducive to owning your life, quite frankly, and indicate that you're afraid of what other people think about you and you're being driven by that. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are on the symptoms of 
the fear of criticism in the chapter on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. Next up is inferiority complex. So he's saying if you have an inferiority complex, that is probably a symptom of the fear of criticism. So let's hear what he has to say here. He says, the habit of expressing self-approval by word of mouth and by actions as a means of covering up a feeling of inferiority. So you could do those things, but not as a means of covering up a feeling of inferiority. So this is a discernment issue, guys. You have to validate whether you're doing these things because you're feeling inferior, you're feeling insecure, if you're feeling not enough, or if you're doing them as a way of owning your greatness, right? Really claiming it and, and not doing it in a way to prove yourself to someone else, but a, as a way of really owning who you are. There's a different come from energy between those two things. He goes on to say using quote, big words to impress others, often without knowing the real meaning of the words imitating others in dress, speech, and manners, boasting of imaginary achievements. This sometimes gives a surface appearance of a feeling of superiority. Okay, let's break this down. So he's not against big words, guys. Okay, if you have a fabulous vocabulary and you use it regularly as part of how you communicate, all good. But if you're using those words to try and prove your, your intelligence, prove your knowledge, prove your education to someone else, prove that you are somebody, that doesn't work. That's not, that's, that is an inferiority complex. If you are growing yourself, let's say you, you want to build your vocabulary, you want to, um, you're reading books that challenge you, you, you find a word that you don't know what it means, you look it up, and then you start practicing using it and applying it, that's not trying to uh, boast, if you will, with your vocabulary. That is growing yourself. That's bettering your best. That's perfectly fine. So again, it's the come from here. Why are you doing these things? Okay. So boasting of imaginary achievements. Now, this is a big one that I see out there in, in the world. And we see this a lot on social media. The classic one is someone renting a jet or standing in front of a fancy sports car that he or she doesn't own and claiming that they do own it by taking a selfie in front of it and posting it all over social media. So the highlight reel on social media would be the boasting of imaginary achievements. Now, this is not to say don't celebrate your achievements. You do celebrate your achievements. That's fantastic. You do that in any way that you want, whether that's publicly on social media or privately with yourself or your inner circle. That said, if you haven't really achieved what you're putting out there to the, the world, that's not okay. That is going to come back and bite you. There is a, always a leveling out. And keep that in mind. Don't claim something that you haven't done. Now, this is not saying don't step into being the woman you want to be. Don't step into having a stronger presence or uh, really owning yourself but it's different than faking it, okay? So imposter syndrome is something that we, we get caught up in thinking like, I haven't done this yet, so how can I say that I'm, I'm, I can do it? That's like, do I have to fake it till I make it? 
I don't like the, that expression. I like the expression, act as if, practice it, try it on for size, live it out, even though you haven't done it yet. That's fine. That's how you go to the next level. Everything that you have wanted to do in your life, at some point you didn't know how to do. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't do it. Or the, and that doesn't mean that you can't claim that you can learn how to do it. But that is different than boasting imaginary achievements. Okay, so those two things are very different and don't get confused. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are on the symptoms of the fear of criticism in the chapter on how to outwit the six ghosts of fears by Napoleon Hill. And extravagance is the next symptom, so not the cause, but the symptom of the fear of criticism that Hill goes into. And he says, extravagance, the habit of trying to keep up with the Joneses, spending beyond one's income. Okay, so again, super interesting here, super interesting here, because it all depends on your come from, meaning the energy behind the action. So there is a fear of not being enough, a deep void that you might need to be filling that you do through spending a lot. That is not useful, if you will. That is not healthy. That is not functional. That is a fear of criticism. That's a fear of like not being enough and other people are going to judge me. So I need to fill that void and buy a bunch of stuff. Okay. That's not healthy. That's not functional. That, that can cause a lot of pain. And if that's something you're, you're in right now, just have a lot of compassion and grace for yourself as you figure out how to work your way out of that. Um, there is a way out of that. And if you want help, please let me know. There is another side to this though, that I want to share with you that, and I'm pointing it out so that you don't get confused in this situation. There is stretching yourself in your business, in your life, in the kinds of investments that you're making. These are not things that quote, cost you money, meaning take money like you're going to lose it. These are investments. So you might be investing in your environment, the, the kind of house or home that you live in. I've helped so many clients sync up the concept of claiming their environment, claiming the, the house that they want to live in with their business success. And that, you know, I've helped a client recently, two clients recently upgrade the apartments that they're living in, one in LA and one in New York and their next level. Like this one woman in New York was saying, and guess what? They pay for your movers at this apartment. And she was so thrilled. It was like that, that next level of beingness. And it's not surprising. Now this is not a correlation, but it's a connection. It's not surprising that she felt better about herself and bigger about herself and then went on to do more in her business and has made a stunningly larger amount of money subsequent to this move. She claimed something bigger for herself and then she backed it up with the action. 
So it's not without the action. It's not magic sprinkles. It's not um, staring at your your navel and wishing the money to drop in. That's frivolous. Okay, that's not taking personal responsibility. But if you say, I want something more and I'm willing and it's extravagant to you, right? Like she was saying, well, I could just be stay in this apartment and I, I could. I mean, she was even talking about uh, having roommates and there's a time and a place for having roommates for sure. But she, for her, that was not the next step for her. The next step was going to this magnificent apartment of her own, claiming it, furnishing it beautifully. And that felt like an extravagance to her, but she claimed it, it stepped up her vibration, and then she took the action to earn more revenue in her business. That apartment gave her not just the reason to earn more, but raised her vibration and showed her that she was worthy of more. And this happens whether it's an apartment or a house. Many of my clients, you know, move to Florida from the cold Northwest or, or Midwest and have really up-leveled their vibration. Um, but it could be the clothes that you're wearing. It could be how you're investing in your business. Many times when people start working with me, it's an investment and they have to up-level their mindset in order to get behind investing in themselves and their business like that and not seeing it as an extravagance or too much or, or uh, seeing themselves as not worthy of it when they actually do step into it and do the work that is required once they're in the coaching container then everything changes right their vibration is different and their actions are different they get different results so they might see it initially as an extravagance but that is a law of relativity that is a perspective issue okay so consider this for yourself what is your come from are you saying that spending money on something is an investment and it's going to do something huge for you or are you saying that spending money is a way of making yourself feel better for not being enough. That is the distinction you need to look at. Ever feel like a fish out of water? Like nobody really gets you? Well, if you are loving this podcast, then you'll love the Unstoppable Woman community. Meet high-performing women going for more in their lives and businesses at the Income Breakthrough Summit that we are holding for you. Learn more and grab your ticket at theunstoppablewoman.com slash summit. I hope to see you there. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So next up in the list of symptoms of the fear of criticism is the lack of initiative, failure to embrace opportunities for self-advancement, fear to express opinions, lack of confidence in one's own ideas, giving evasive answers to questions asked by superiors, hesitancy of manner and speech, deceit in both words and deeds. So lack of initiative. Are you in any way lacking initiative? You got to ask yourself, where are you resisting taking action? And are you doing any of these things 
So the first one is failure to embrace opportunities for self-advancement. That's what I mean by are you in resistance? Is there something that you want to do, that you're drawn to doing, that has been presented to you as the next step, but you don't want to do it? Are you afraid of failing, making a mistake, being criticized? Think about that. And then he's, he goes on to say, fear to express opinions. So that would be an incredibly healthy habit to do for today. Like think about this for today. Where are you holding back in articulating your opinion? Where are you not saying what's on your mind? Now, are you not saying that because it's strategic? Not saying that because it's not the right time? Not saying that because you want to think it through a little bit further? All of those might be reasonable reasons to not express your opinion. But if you're not expressing your opinion because you're afraid of the reaction of the other person, you're going to want to look at that. So for today, just make a note, a mental note of when you are resisting speaking your opinion, holding back and see if there's a pattern to it. Is it with a particular person? Is it with a particular type of person? And what could you do differently instead? Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So we are in the last symptom of the fear of criticism. We've gone through the, the whole list now as of today. And for today, I want you to really think about the examples that he gives for the lack of ambition. That is the, the category that we're in right now, that the symptom of the fear of criticism. So as I go through this list, ask yourself, how do I do that? Not if you do it, but how do I do that? And see if there's a place in each category, in each articulation, that you can better your best. This is how we grow, not by saying, I don't do that, that's not me, denying it, pushing it away, um, not looking at it, not wanting to see where we can improve. But we, we look at these things and with transparency go, okay, where do I do that? And how could I improve upon it without a huge amount of blame and judgment? That throws you into the fear of criticism, but you're doing that for yourself. You're doing that to yourself. Okay. So you don't want to avoid looking at these things. That is a symptom of the fear of criticism right there. You want to look at them and see how you can better your best. Okay, here we go. Lack of ambition, mental and physical laziness. Where are you mentally and physically lazy. Okay. Oh, look at that. Boom. Okay. That's a place I could improve. Lack of assertion. Where do you not assert yourself? In what relationships? In what circumstances? Slowness in reaching decisions. As most of you know, I preach, I teach quick decisions. Where are you slow in making decisions? 
Now, I've gotten very good at making quick decisions, and I'm realizing right now that there's a decision that I'm putting off. And I had a conversation about it with a colleague last night about doing a, a combined effort in a particular arena that I initially was very excited about and, and then subsequently wasn't. And so I was confused, and whenever there's confusion, there's a lie. I had to really pause and figure out what was going on there and look at that, I'm making a slow decision. And I know if it's not a yes, it's a no. If it's not a full yes, it's a no. So that is a decision I can make right now. And I just gave you an example of where I know I'm really good at making quick decisions and where I still call myself out, not with shame, not guilting myself, not making myself wrong, but going, oh, look, I could better my best there. So I wanted to give you that example so that you know not only that I walk the talk, but how to walk the talk for yourself. Okay. Next up is easily influenced by others. Where do you let other people's opinions just influence you? Where, where do you shut off your, your critical thinking? The habit of criticizing others behind their backs and flattering them to their faces. Ugh. Do you do that? That's one to clean up for sure. Okay. That's, that's a, a big one for, for people. They don't feel comfortable articulating a, an issue with an individual directly. So they do this passive aggressive thing of talking behind their back. Clean that up if that's you. If you need help with that, get help with that. It's really important to learn how to express yourself. Otherwise, you are constantly going to stay small. And that's not self-ownership. That's not the way to really grow your business because you have to command yourself in business. You have to be someone who owns themselves in business and not being someone who is meek and small and afraid. And in this case, afraid of criticism. Okay, next up is the habit of accepting defeat without protest. Do you just give up? Where do you quit? Where do you stop? You got to call yourself out on that. Okay. You must fight. You must fight for what you want. Now, sometimes people have a hard time when I use the word fight or hard work or put the effort in, but guess what? Whether it's changing your thinking or taking new action, you have not done the thing that's going to get you the results that you want yet. And you must become that person. And you, you have to fight for it, meaning you have to own it, meaning you have to claim it. And in the beginning, sometimes it does feel like pushing a boulder up a hill. Eventually, I want to get you to a place where you're not in the struggle around it. It's just the next thing you need to do. And you go do it. But there isn't that mental, emotional struggle to it. Okay. Quitting an undertaking when opposed by others. That's a big one. Where do you do that? suspicious of other people without cause. That's a good one. Where do you do that? Where do you not trust people? Now, without cause is an interesting one because generally speaking, people are suspicious, but they feel like they have cause. They think that they have cause. And yet 
generally speaking, they don't. If they if they stepped out of their belief structure, out of their uh, limited thinking, they would realize that they have an inaccurate perspective on the situation and there was no need to be suspicious. But it's very hard to recognize that when you're inside of it. Okay, next up, lacking in tactfulness of manner and speech and then unwillingness to accept the blame for mistakes. So that's not taking personal responsibility. You have to learn how to take personal responsibility. It's one of the biggest growth exercises that you can put yourself through. Um, very, very, very critical. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are in chapter 15 in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. On, in the chapter on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. And the next ghost of fear is the fear of ill health. And Hill says, in the main, man fears ill health because of the terrible pictures which have been planted in his mind of what may happen if death should overtake him. He also fears it because of the economic toll which it may claim. I would add there that it's not just what may happen if death should overtake him, but I think that there is a fear of pain, of, of sheer discomfort. Um, I know that that is something that humans move away from. They move away from pain and they move towards pleasure. And when you're not feeling well, if you're in ill health and it's significant, you are in pain and you don't want that. It, it's limiting your life. So I think it's, it's more than just um, the fear that death should overtake him, but that is the logical, if you, if you expanded on what would happen if you never got better, okay, if you never got out of pain, then it would be death. So, so there is some connection there. So you got to ask yourself, do you fear ill health? And we're going to go through the symptoms in a little bit of what it's, what, what would indicate if you fear ill health. But for today, I want you to just ask yourself, do I fear ill health? And the flip side of that to some degree is do I use getting sick as a way of stopping and they're connected because if you have a fear of death or ill health or, or you know a, a pain associated with ill health or the poverty associated with ill health it's a strange thing you will use that as a way to stop because you don't want the ultimate ramification of that but you're willing to take the short-term experience of it in order to agree with not doing the scary thing in your life or your business. The scary thing meaning that growth edge that you're on that you need to actually move through. And if you are someone that gets sick or exhausted or tired or physically ill when you're growing, it's not that necessary necessarily that you're making up the symptoms. It could be psychosomatic, but you could really have a symptom. 
but your your subconscious mind has uh, become fertile to that symptom, has allowed that to come in and grow in you versus uh, say to your immune system, you know, get rid of it or say to your um, brain, you can get good sleep and rest so you're not so exhausted. There's all sorts of ways that if your subconscious mind agrees with the ill health, it will allow you to be ill versus if it denies that you're ill, it will find a way to create a solution physically and mentally and emotionally. So it will uh, engage the different aspects of your body, your, your hormones, your immune system, your nervous system. It will start engaging what needs to be engaged to solve an issue. This is not to say that people don't really get sick or that there aren't germs or that there isn't a virus or that you should deny that sickness exists. I am not saying that. I'm saying that the subconscious mind is a very powerful tool that can lead you to better health or worse health depending on what direction you give it. So I hope that makes sense. If it didn't make sense, reach out to me. I would like to clarify that for you if you have any questions on it. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are on the chapter, How to Outwit the Six Ghosts of Fear, and we are on the fear of ill health. And this next paragraph that I'm going to read is pertinent to the COVID pandemic. So there's a lot of parallels here. Listen up. Hill says, during the flu epidemic, which broke out during the World War, the mayor of New York City took drastic steps to check the damage which people were doing themselves through their inherent fear of ill health. He called in the newspaper men and said to them, gentlemen, I feel it necessary to ask you not to publish any scare headlines concerning the flu epidemic. Unless you cooperate with me, we will have a situation which we cannot control. The newspapers quit publishing stories about the flu and within one month, the epidemic had been successfully checked. So this is very interesting in our day and age where media has exploded. There are so many outlets to get our information. Not only do we have traditional outlets like newspapers and radio and TV news, but we also have social media and the internet where anyone can put up a website and write a story and claim to be an expert uh, without any journalistic training or uh, checks and balances. So there is a lot of information out there on social media and various places. And what we have found is that fear sells. Okay, if you lead with fear, people will watch. We have an inherent desire to understand what's going on in our world and, you know, get a sense of what the danger is so that we can protect ourselves. However, our, our minds are very fertile 
uh, ground for fear. If we let that into our subconscious, it builds and it grows. And it's not to say that COVID doesn't exist. That would be ridiculous and quite frankly, inappropriate and, and misinformation and not constructive. However, the fear headlines and the constant conversation about it is not necessarily helping the average person manage this epidemic. We, we need very simple advice. Do this, don't do this. And we need to have the people who need to be studying the the epidemiology of it and diving into it into the numbers and really figuring out what it means we need those people to have that information but for for many other people it's just causing a huge amount of anxiety uh, depression um, suicide it's causing many people to become hopeless and despondent and that is not healthy for the individual much less for society so it's fascinating what what we take in and how that affects our health so if you're someone who has been negatively affected by the discussion in public i'm going to say in the media and that's a generic catch-all phrase for all media whether it's traditional media versus social media versus just stuff you see on the internet you know viral videos if you will whatever you're allowing in is it affecting your mental and emotional well-being and is that affecting your physical well-being if it is you may want to take some personal responsibility here and decide to limit your exposure to the news all sorts of news and to social media and protect yourself that doesn't mean you need to live under a rock but you need to determine how you're going to get information and how to get it in a neutral way that doesn't scare you but gives you the information that is required to take logical good action in this world and you may want to do that even beyond the pandemic because there are lots of scare headlines out there in this world. And if it's creating anxiety for you, that is a form of ill health and you are going to want to take care of yourself. For the bonus content of this episode, I want to go back to the very beginning where we talked about the fear of criticism. And one of the symptoms of that was the lack of firmness in decision. And we went to not being able to really think for yourself and really claim what is right and correct in a particular situation and being driven by outside people and circumstances, but primarily people outside of yourself in order to make a decision. Now, this is very critical to understand. Let's, let's break this down and let me share with you why we have come to that place and how to step out of it. So we've come to that place because in our upbringing, we understood intuitively that we had to please our parents in order to survive. They were the means for our survival. So we were constantly adjusting ourselves 
to what they said was right. What they said was the proper thing to do. Now, for many of us, what they said was great. Share your toys. Um, be nice to people. Don't call her names. Uh, show up on time. Eat your vegetables, right? Like there are lots of things that we were told to do by our parents in order to um, have a healthy and functional life and get along with others. Now this becomes a challenge for us. If say we were told to uh, be nice to others and not call them uh, names, for instance, and then you might be in a sales call and someone is creating a story about why they can't work with you, but you have in your head, I can't call anyone out on their stories because that's impolite and that's not who we are in this world. That's not quote unquote right. And yet that is exactly what you need to do in order to help that person because otherwise they stay in their story about why they can't move forward. I don't care what you're selling, whether it's photography or you're an actor or you're a lawyer or you're a landscape artist or you're a coach. I don't care what you're selling, whether it's a product or a service. People have money scarcity and they're in their heads around that and they come up with stories about why they can't purchase the thing that will solve their problem for them. And if you are outside driven, this is a real issue. You can't actually show up in a positive way with people, not in a belligerent way or or an antagonistic way or a manipulative way, but you can't actually show up with people because you're too concerned about what they think about you. And this happens over and over and over again. I know it happened in my marriage. Like, where do I want to go to dinner? Well, what, what does my husband want? Now, that's not a business example, but I would compromise. And these are small compromises. And of course, sometimes it doesn't matter. And of course, you, you compromise and you think, oh, what would he like? Or what would she like? Let's just do that. Because it's, it's, there's not much at stake. But if I am constantly eating at the pizza joint because that's where my husband wants to eat, but I want to eat healthier food and I am compromising there because I'm afraid of criticism and I don't want to be ostracized from that relationship, then I am not going to make a good decision for myself and I'm going to continue to eat pizza and I probably will gain weight. If you are me, that would be the case because I can look at a carb and I can gain weight. For others, it's not the case. But that's a, that's a simple example. If you don't know how to make good decisions for yourself based on cause and effect, not based on whether other people will reject you or criticize you or throw you out of the tribe, then you are really challenged to own yourself. You won't have freedom in your life. You constantly be jumping through hoops and feeling trapped and then blaming others unconsciously usually for the dissatisfaction that you feel in your life. This is something that you can break through and it, there's a process and a methodology to that. And that that is part and parcel of what I teach my clients. So if you're interested, of course, reach out to us. Okay, with that, 
rock it out, be unstoppable, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below or just head over to the unstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. And as always, please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes. That really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.